And we are back. This is Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, and this is the Art of Health, my podcast. A few things to get out of the way before we get to the meat and potatoes of the subject. For those of you who left a review on iTunes, that it was immensely appreciated. Thank you so much. If anyone would like to leave a review, if you're enjoying the podcast and finding them useful, please, I would ask you nicely to do so. It'd be very beneficial uh, to spreading the growth of the podcast, to accelerating the growth. And for those of you who have come through on Patreon to support the podcast, thank you so much as well. Uh, your dollars will be well spent towards upgrading this. Maybe, maybe we'll get some music for the intro at some point in time. Or maybe not. Maybe we'll just work on the audio and get these compiled finally for you guys. Improve the audio and all that. Anyways, those things aside, the subject of today's podcast, of this evening's podcast as I'm recording this, is fasting. Specifically, how to fast. So... I'm not going to get into the, the science particularities of fasting simply because it's somewhat of a rabbit hole subject. What I do want to cover with this, what I am going to cover is how can you start fasting today, this week, tomorrow? How can fasting affect you? And what are the reasons that you might want to fast or should fast? So to give some context, fasting has been around for really as long as we've been a species. All creatures, by, all human, human beings and all animals by definition are all capable of fasting. What does it mean to fast? It just means you don't eat. So in ancient times past, if man, if woman, if your tribe went without food for a while, well, you were fasting. That, by definition, was fasting. But, but fasting as... It's recorded in history, excluding matters of starvation. Fasting is its recorded in history. Fasting is used or has been used predominantly for what we would consider religious purposes. There are over 30 references, references to fasting in the Bible. There are numerous references to non-Christian religions as well. Uh, in Islam, there's obviously the month of Ramadan. They fast for 30 days. In Buddhism... Fasting has a really very well-established practice as being one, well, sometimes, one of the almost integral aspects to being a Buddhist or achieving a state of separation, of enlightenment, of transcendence over the body, of, of over-reality. That's Buddhism. In, in Hinduism as well, fasting is a very practiced tradition. And fasting throughout all human religions... The aim of fasting is, I don't want to use the term, I want to use the, the phrasing to say, to get closer to God. Um, it, it goes beyond that in a way. Fasting in all religions is a way to transcend your reality. It's a way to step out of the confines of what you consider your normal paradigm of the world and perspective and to reach a different state of being. And I say these words not in the sensibility of being high-minded or speaking mystically, but really speaking practically. What does it mean to transcend? Transcend means to simply rise above something and enter a stage in which your prior perspective or experience is no longer affecting you. So 
Human beings, whether you realize it or not, you transcend situations all the time. Maybe you're hungry for, you know, maybe you skip breakfast and you're hungry, but then your hunger fades. That's basic, but in a way you have transcended your hunger for a little while on a personal level with your relationships. Maybe you're young and you get your heart broken. That pain is very real to you. That pain is something you feel in your heart, but time passes and you get over that pain. You transcend that. Maybe you have friends that you've lost in some aspect or another. Maybe you've lost people because they've died. No doubt that hurts you. And again, no doubt that pain is a part of you now, but you transcend living in it. You move past the things that drag you down. You move past the things that affect you or that cause you to suffer and you survive on. And history is very evident from literally every historical record from every well-established civilization that really has ever existed in uh, Assyria, Babylon, China, Greece, India, you know, the Levant, Persia, Roman Empire, Mesopotamian Empire, Egyptian Empire. All of these civilizations indicate and have, and not, even, not just indicate, but all these civilizations record fasting of some kind as being an important part of their spiritual practices. So the evidence is there and the history is there. And at this stage of the world, obviously we usually don't speak to things from a spiritual, religious framework, but we can speak to things from a practical, pragmatic health perspective, which is what this podcast is about, at least, by, by name, by the sake of the name. But this is the art of health. How can you use fasting in your art with your health? How can we use fasting therapeutically? Well, fasting has a lot of benefits. Fasting has a lot of benefits, and fasting has been very well studied by science. Very, very well studied. The, the first benefit of fasting, of why you might be interested in fasting, is that fasting increases this mechanism called autophagy, which means basically, to make it simple, it, autophagy means that it's a system that eats itself or an organism that eats itself. So it's sort of self-cannibalization. Now that might sound off-putting of why would you want that to happen, but whether you realize it or not, your body is in a state of autophagy all the time. Your immune system is going through your blood and cleaning your blood. Your immune system is, go, is going through your arteries and veins and cleaning them out. Your immune system and your white blood cells are going through your cells individually and cleansing them and literally, so to speak, purifying them of pathogens, of toxins, of potentially you know, harmful material. You know, the reason why your body has antioxidants is that your body's oxidizing these free radical damaging molecules. So your body, in a sense, it's always autophagy. You can think of it as self-cleaning. Your body is always cleaning itself out. That's what autophagy is. And perhaps not surprisingly, fasting increases this rate of cleaning. Why does it do that? Well, on a, a simple reductionist level, when you don't eat any food for a while, your body has to draw upon your fat stores, has to draw, draw upon its stored energy, and your body goes into a heightened immunolog immunological state in which your immune system is actually elevated, and your metabolism is actually elevated briefly. 
So I'm not talking about prolonged fasting where I'm telling you to starve for three weeks without food. I'm saying for a 24-hour period, for a 16-hour period even, you actually keep your metabolism running in such a way that it makes your metabolic processes more efficient. It, in, in such a way that it effectivizes your metabolism. And the clinical evidence for fasting is very powerful. Rats that, for example, for, for example, for uh, rodents, for rats that are underfed over their lifetime, they actually live, I believe it's about 20% longer than rats that are fed at maintenance or overfed. In people as well, in blue zones, blue zones are areas where people live to be 100 years old. So there's blue zones in uh, Sardinia, Japan, uh, Sardinia, let's see, Sardinia, which is Italy, Japan, Okinawa, there's uh, blue zones in Oakland, or not Oakland, I'm sorry, but um, Redlands, California, not far from where I live actually. There's blue zones in Costa Rica. These blue zones are places where people live to be 100 years old. And in these places, it's found that these people eat very healthy diets. They are very active, but they also tend to undereat. And they live, their lifespan is very elevated compared to the average person population. They have a high concentration of centenarians. People live to be 100. So these blue zones, they practice a modified sense of, they practice a modified method of fasting. So that's, you know, there's some evidence for you there that's scientific, so to speak. Additionally, with fasting, aside from the immunity benefits, you also get profound, I'll say, psychological benefits. And how so psychological? Because when you fast, when you fast, you become aware of your relationship to food. What are you really hungry for? When does your energy truly dip? How do you react to your feelings of hunger? How do you react to your feelings of desire, of cravings? How do you, how are you reacting to your own emotions? So by fasting, when I say how to fast, there's two aspects to it. The how part is simple. The how part, if you're getting fed up with this podcast right now, how do I fast? Set aside 24 hours. Let's say breakfast to breakfast or let's or sunset to sunset. 24 hours, you will consume no food with calories, and you will only drink water. That's how you fast. But I know you're not probably listening to this podcast for me to just tell you fasting is is how you don't eat food. You know what fasting is. You know that fasting involves not eating. You're wondering about fasting because you want to know the, the psychological preparations, or you want to know the mentality of fasting, or perhaps you're interested in reasons of why might you want to fast. So that's what I'm giving you. The scientific evidence says that it effectivizes your metabolism it speeds up your immune system, makes you makes you healthier, can help prolong your lifespan. The physiological mechanisms, fasting creates a calorie deficit. Fasting can help you lose weight. Fasting can help you lose body fat. The whole premise behind something like Eat, Stop, Eat, which I'll link to um, in this, the future article, Eat, Stop, Eat is a system of fasting. Eat, Stop, Eat. Eat, Stop, Eat has compiled the research. Brad Pilon has, and he found that, wow, fasting has these benefits to growth hormone, to the immune system, to regulating hunger hormones, to regulating sex hormones even. And it seems to have all these positive benefits and it helps you lose body fat. So why wouldn't you try it? So sure, that's how you fast. For the mental preparation of fasting though, the psychological preparation, it's what I'm telling you right now. It's the understanding and the ability to objectively view your relationship with food 
and your relationship with consumption. Men that give into their vices turn to animals. People that give into their cravings become a lesser version of themselves. Some sense of how you live your life is that you sacrifice for things you want. Not sacrifice to punish yourself, but sacrifice because you understand that by giving up certain things in the short term, you'll have benefits in the long term. So how should you fast? Why should you fast? Fasting teaches you your relationship with food. Fasting teaches you what you desire and don't desire with nutrients, with food choices. Fasting objectively makes you aware of when your energy levels rise and fall. Fasting objectively makes you aware that you're not going to die if you don't eat for one day. Fasting helps you transcend your hunger and transcend your appetite, where you know after 24 hours of not eating that you have survived, you have lived, nothing bad has happened. You can go on. And if this is a tool, if this is a very useful tool, perhaps, that you can incorporate as part of your lifestyle to keep yourself healthy, why not utilize it? So how do we fast? I'll walk you through the steps, so to speak, and along with some of the pitfalls. To set yourself up for a fast, you have to first mentally, visually prepare yourself that you will be hungry. You need to accept that hunger will happen. So the first step the first step to fasting is acceptance of hunger. It is, it is this acceptance as a concept. The first step to fasting is accepting that, yes, I will feel hunger, hunger. Yes, I will want food. Yes, I may experience cravings. But I accept these things, and I will see it through to the end of my fast. Let's say that's 24 hours, maybe just 16 hours even. Maybe you just don't eat the whole day and have you have one meal at night. But let's, for the sake of example, say it's 24 hours. You accept that you will be hungry. Two, upon acceptance, you have a visualization of planning. So you, you have programming. Let's say you, you program yourself that I accept I'm going to be hungry, and I'm going to mentally make my mentally adjust myself that I will overcome my hunger, I will work through it, and I will not succumb. You have acceptance. You have programming. You tell yourself, I'll get hungry, but it won't matter. I'll get hungry, but it won't matter. I'll get hungry, but it won't matter. I'll be hungry, but I will have energy. I'll be hungry, but I will have energy. I am a high energy person, whether I have food or not. I am always high energy. Whatever particular mantra works for yourself, even if it's just saying, telling yourself, you are not hungry, you're not hungry, I am not hungry, whatever works, tell yourself that. This is cybernetic programming. Psycho-cybernetics. The research for this is powerful. I could do a whole podcast on the concept of mental programming, cybernetics, and visualization. This is a concept that's been used in sports, in neuro-linguistic programming for years, decades. It's been used in hypnosis as well. If you're listening right now, and you are following the sound of my voice, and you believe me when I tell you that, yes, you can fast, and yes, you will experience the health benefits. That fasting will make you healthier. You're following the sound of my voice. You're thinking right now. It's matching the tempo at which I am speaking. I am, by psychiatric definition, hypnotizing you. You are being hypnotized. 
Now, you may not think that consciously. You may suddenly disagree with me and say, no, you're not hypnotizing me. But that's a thing. Even by telling yourself, no, I'm not hypnotizing you, you're reacting to my words. You are reacting to my statements. So you are being mentally persuaded, again, whether you realize it or not. This concept of persuasion, you can apply it to yourself. It's programming. So if you're going to fast and you accept you're going to be hungry, program yourself to be prepared for it. That's all that is. It's programming is, programming is preparation. That's all it is. So you've accepted you'll be hungry, number one. You've programmed yourself to overcome this hunger, number two. Number three, set a time. Set a time that is conducive to your lifestyle. So this is the planning stage. Number three is planning. I'll have my last meal at 8 p.m. Friday. I won't have my next meal to 8 p.m. Saturday. That's all that is. It's this that simple. By planning this out ahead of time, you give yourself time to structure your day and structure your lifestyle and structure your routines and structure your habits in such a way that you are not going to be tempted by food. So far too often people decide, I want to fast, and then they just pick, or I've seen this happen with clients, I want to try fasting. They pick a very random day. They don't really think ahead to, maybe I shouldn't have picked a Friday night when I usually have dinner with my friends. Maybe I shouldn't have picked a day in the middle of the week when I'm expected to show up for a business luncheon or work function or some sort of get together. Maybe I shouldn't have picked the weekend when I have my when I have custody of my kids. So I, I could go on and on with examples, but your step number three with your planning, find some time in your week where fasting is not going to interfere or highly conflict with your typical routine. So to recap, accept you're going to be hungry, plan to overcome this, plan as to when you're going to fast. Now, common mistakes with fasting. Common mistakes with fasting. Allowing yourself to become dehydrated. So that's the first one. Dehydration is, is this, it's easy to fall into because you're not eating food. And for most people, if you don't eat food, you don't drink liquid. While you're fasting, you do not want to become dehydrated. So I'm not going to advise that you need to drink a gallon of water, but you do need to drink water. You just need to keep yourself in a state of hydration. So that's simple. And to help yourself with the fast, it's okay to use zero calorie sweeteners. It's okay to have green tea. It's okay to have coffee. I'm fasting right now. I've been fasting for 25 hours now. I have had Diet Coke. I had black coffee this morning. Now you might disagree and say, well, that's not really fasting because flavor. I'm like, I, remember, we're not doing this because we're trying to be religious people. M maybe you are. Maybe you are. And excellent if you are. I generally haven't talked about religion on this podcast. But we're doing this for the physiological, psychological benefits. I'm doing this because I want the fat loss effect. I'm also doing it because psychologically, it makes me very clear-headed. And it brings a sense of prioritization to what I want to put my energy towards when I fast. That's why I'm fasting right now. So I'm not worried about oh, well, I had Diet Coke, and that's not a real fast. So long as you're not eating calories, you are fasting. Whether you have a non-calorie-flavored beverage, you're becoming overly critical of something that you've probably not practiced, or you're becoming this overly critical of yourself for no good reason. You're being overly perfectionist in that sense. If you want to have non-flavored liquids while you're fasting, by all means do so. Just, again, 
you don't eat food. You don't have calories while you're fasting. Hydration, though, or flavored hydration, by all means. Other mistakes with fasting. Don't try to exercise intensely while you're fasting, at least not the first time you try it. When you happens, What happens when you exercise intensely is that you increase your appetite, naturally, so certain hunger hormones will be released from going for a run or from lifting weights, and that's just going to make the fast more difficult. So myself, when I fast, I don't work out when I fast. I will not exercise. All I'll do is, all I will do is aerobic, low-intensity cardio, because that won't immensely spike my appetite, and also won't cause muscle damage that would cause me to lose lean body mass. So you don't want to be lifting weights while you're fasting. Again, at least not the first few times you do it. Lifting weights causes muscle damage. Lifting weights frees up the amino acids in your muscles to be metabolized for energy. I don't want to lose any muscle mass while I'm fasting, so I'm not going to try and lift and make myself sore and then have my body literally start eating my muscles as a fuel source. So stay hydrated while you fast. Don't exercise intensely while you're fasting. Don't go and lift while you're fasting. This is about just denial and sacrifice of hunger and food. It's not to prove yourself that you can still train all out while there's nothing in your stomach. That, that's, that's not conducive to any kind of goal. It really isn't. Along with your fast, along with staying hydrated, along with you know maybe doing some slow cardio, some aerobic training, take the time to meditate. And again, this isn't, doesn't have to be deep meditation. Take the time to meditate while you're fasting and dwell upon your appetite. Put your attention to what your body's experiencing. Now, I can't articulate what this will feel like for you. It will be different person to person. But very, very often, people, upon hitting the 18, 24-hour mark of fasting, they feel lighter. Their body feels healthier. They feel quicker. They actually, their thoughts feel more clear. So with fasting, you can gain a sense of mental clarity that you might not expect to happen. You can gain a sense of wellness that you have not felt before. There's a lot of unsung personal benefits that you'll feel during your fast or that you'll feel at the end of the fast. And, and again, th- these are these are different person to person. So I, I can't say any I can't say with any near certainty of, oh yes, you can expect to feel this way. All I can say is you will expect that to feel hungry, and yes, that will happen. At some point or another during your fast, you'll you'll want to eat food. That's just that's how it goes. <laughs> um, you know, there's no really avoiding that. But you will transcend that. You will transcend that. You'll overcome it, so to speak. And then you can see how you're going. You can see how your body is hand. You see how your mind, really, your mind and your body are handling this sort of mini ordeal. This self-inflicted uh, self-improvement obstacle that you are you know putting it through so you can have you can feel very mentally cleansed you can feel very physically you know cleansed you can feel spiritually cleansed um, you might you know the term I like to use you you're, is it you're purifying but maybe putrefied and along with the immune you know like I said the immunity benefits the digestive benefits maybe you might also find that you enjoy the, you know, maybe let's say like the minimalism of it. That's another benefit. Sometimes fasting one day a week, that could simplify your life. That could help you, that could help you save money and food. 
So there's a lot that can, that can come out of it, aside from just you teaching yourself that, you know what, I can handle my hunger when I get hungry. You know, the way I like to think about it is that you know, fasting, I, I do like to think about spiritual, whereas fasting, it's, it's a met, the metaphor of overcoming hunger, it clarifies purpose. It clarifies purpose and it makes you realize that your vices and your bad habits and your bad patterns of thought maybe, you know, these, these are unreasonable things. And it is within yourself to conquer them. You know, just as you conquer your appetite with fasting, you can also conquer your negative emotions. You can conquer your bad habits. You can conquer your personal obstacles that are self-created. Will fasting do all that for you? Maybe not, but it will do something for you. If that, if, you know, if nothing else will help you lose body fat, I can tell you that right now. So, how to fast? Accept that you'll be hungry. Make a plan mentally. Tell yourself that you can overcome it. And then pick a time. 24 hours. Stay hydrated. Drink water. Maybe have some black coffee. And record and write down your experience. I guarantee you that you'll be a little bit lighter in body weight. You'll be a little lower in body fat. You'll be more aware of your relationship with food. And whatever benefits beyond that, they are totally on you. Try it out. Let me know if you got questions, comments, concerns. And I will say good luck and talk to you guys soon.